Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. This is Derek and this is episode number 76. We're getting there, we're getting there. We keep advancing and moving forward to that mythic episode number 100, but also, also to the end of the year of this chaotic and unique and special 2020. Why not? Because it's also special. And as we are moving forward towards uh, Christmas times and end of the year time and the new, uh, you know, the new beginning of a new decade, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, starting on 2021, I guess, and going all the way to 2010, um, 2030, I'm sorry, 2010, that was, that was the previous decade. Uh, we're going to have a special episodes. We're going to have Christmas specials. We're going to have family game specials. We're going to, uh, later in future episodes, we'll talk about the best games, uh, for Christmas. You know, we also going to have our usual lists that we have at the end of the year, of each year, like our top, you know, five or ten of solo and cooperative board games and so on and so forth. So stay tuned for more special episodes besides this one, of course, because on this one, as you read on the title, we're going to talk about that Under Falling Skies, which is a solitaire game published by Such Games Edition or CGE. And this particular game, I had to uh, make a disclosure here, it was sent out to me uh, in a demo copy and also in a brand new copy. So thank you so much to uh, Tony and all the amazing uh, staff from CGE for sending uh, this uh, product, this game, a completely solitary game that fits completely with Solo BG Podcast. And we're going to talk about the game, everything, every single detail like we always do. We're going to talk about the box, what do we find inside the box, components, uh, how the game plays. And then, of course, at the end, I'm going to share with you my thoughts. And if I... If I recommend uh, to you this game and, you know, all these, uh, all those uh, fun things. Also, uh, I was looking forward for this episode because this game made a lot of noise in a positive way from the reviewers and all the people that uh, attended to the Spiel SN Digital of this year. And it was a game that it was revealed over there and it had very, 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 very positive feedback from everywhere. So... Uh, you know, that's why I was looking forward as well. Now, it's a very interesting game because once we jump into the episode, you will see that I will do, I will be doing some comparisons uh, or some comparison with other games that we talked about it uh, about two weeks or three episodes ago, two or three episodes ago, which it was Warp's Edge from uh, Renegade Game Studios. But anyway, this is the turn of Under Falling Skies. I'm going to also tell you what I've been playing recently. And without being said, let's start like always in 3, 2, 1 with Solo BG Podcast, episode number 76. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Alrighty, so now we are ready officially to start episode number 76 of Solo BG Podcast. And if this is your first time in the podcast, well, welcome. Here we talk about solo and cooperative board games, as you hear it on the intro a little bit ago. Uh, and also, once in a while, we talk about a competitive one, and we call it a Solo with Friends episode. But on this one, it's an exclusive Solo solo BG Podcast for a solitary game, uh, which is Under Falling Skies, once again, published by CGE. And designed, I hope I pronounce it correctly, by uh, Thomas Oller, 
uh, which or Ulir, uh, you know, which is uh, a new designer. Well, I, you know, probably he have done more stuff. I haven't heard too much about him, but you know, I have impressions for this game. And Under Falling Skies is a completely solitary game that has a campaign mode that we will be exploring in a little bit. Like I mentioned, I'm so excited that Christmas times is coming, you know, because that's my favorite season of the year. I love Christmas, everything that involves Christmas. Of course, I know depends on the situation and uh, some people may have a different approach. But regardless of the of the religious part, I guess, I think it's a holiday that we can all celebrate and, you know, be together, be with our, our, our families, even in, in this chaotic year, probably with more precautions and things like that. But definitely, definitely enjoy it now with our technology that we are able to speak through through Skype, through Zoom, through all those uh, FaceTime, all those platforms. Well, we may have to use it, but at the same time, it's a, a season of, of joy, of happiness that I that's all I wish for you. And also, it's a perfect time to throw some games on the table. And that's why um, we will have very a very couple of special episodes that are coming on for Solo BG Podcast. Uh, also, I wanted to say thank you to all of you amazing listeners that uh, send me uh, you know uh, private messages on our social media or that some t- somehow uh, comment on the post that I that on the different posts that I put during you know during the week between one and each other episode about the gameplays that I'm doing. So thank you so much to all of you. Remember that you can follow uh, the podcast in our social media in, at SoloBG Podcast, just like that, at SoloBG Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, if you want to shoot me an email, you can do so at Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do it it's to uh, either you know uh, put a, a write a review on on the iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and also the other way that you can support the show it's to go to kickstartersgames.coms that kickstarted with ed kickstartersgames.coms, uh, and uh, there you will find a lot of Kickstarter games that you know probably if you miss the campaign that's a good chance to grab a copy of the game, and also a lot of games just in, in general, right? And if you use the code SOLOBG, all together, SOLOBG, you get 15% off from your total purchase. Also, for every purchase that you made with $100 or more, it's free shipping in the U.S. So that's another way that you can support the show. Just going right now, get, getting some games for you to have fun on it. And also, you will be supporting the show by putting the code SOLOBG podcast, and you will get 15% off. So it's a win-win for everybody, right? And my recommendation for you right now on that website will be a very fun uh, family game that actually falls perfect for this season, which is Here to Slay by Unstable Unicorns. It's one of my favorite games I have mentioned in the past. One of my favorite, I guess, car, so, uh, car family games, because it's sort of like a deck building, and we're fighting each other, and we have cool heroes and stuff. So the art, it's 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 fantastic. I like I love it a lot. So uh, you know that's my recommendation, and you can find you can find that game and more at KickstarterGames.com, and that's the way that you can support the show. There is, I said it. Now let's start like always, and let me tell you what I've been playing most recently. So most recently, actually yesterday, I was able to bring to the table a game that was sent completely free to me from my friends from US Oppoly or the OP. Thank you so much to Ross Thompson and all the amazing team from the OP. I played Harry Potter Howard's Battles, uh, and it's, of course, a deck-building game, a fully cooperative deck-building game by the OP. Um, it's, you know, that game, I know it came out a couple of years ago, and I feel like that game had some not very positive reviews over there in the in the social media and also from gamers. Now, I'm not a Harry Potter fan at all, and it's just because... 
I haven't read the books. I watched like two or three movies. I enjoy them. I watched them actually this uh, this year when the quarantine started and all that stuff. Um, and yes, I I like them the first three, but I probably it is not the same watching it, watching them probably 15 or more years later after they were released. I thought the CGI didn't stand very cool for our times. But anyway, that's that's not uh, you know everything that it's in the movie. I know there the movie has a lot of fans, millions of fans in the books have even more f- number of fans. So I'm looking forward to watch them all. But 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 I played the game and I actually have very positive uh, thoughts about the game uh, on solo mode. You know, I was playing with two characters and the mechanics are very simple. It's like any deck building. You draw five cards, uh, you do certain actions, you buy cards, you start to attack enemies in this case because it's a fully cooperative and so on and so forth. Uh, you get allies, which is the characters from the movie, secondary characters like Hagrid and, and um, uh, you see, I don't uh, the professor. Um, anyway, <laughs> you can have a bunch of allies from the movies and you can play with the main characters, uh, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and I think Nibbles is the other one. Um, anyway, so the, the game works kind of in a legacy way where you're going to be opening different boxes and you're going to be evolving during the game and it gives me the impression that you're going to be playing during the whole movies. I know that um, one of the reviews or, or the feedback that I was watching not too long ago from the game is that it can it can get very repetitive and very long. Uh, so that's why I only play game one and I actually enjoy it. It played like 35 minutes or 30 minutes with two characters and I was able to win. It was pretty easy. Now I'm looking forward to open the remaining boxes of the game in that way I can have a full review for you because what I'm planning to do is also review that game of the Harry Potter Hogwarts bottle together with another uh, game from the OP that uh, with the Harry Potter license that is called Dead Eaters Rising, which is on the same universe as Thanos Rising, Star Wars Rising, the SpongeBob Rising, now the new Batman upcoming, or it's probably already released, the Batman um, Dark Knight's Metal Rising. I'm looking forward to try that one. So friends from the OP, if you're listening to this, feel free to send a copy. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm planning to do a special episode about Harry Potter and, you know, review those two games. And probably it will be very soon. In that way, it can fall in the category of around Christmas time because I know for some people, um, Harry Potter, it's it's a Christmas movie or they're a part of a Christmas movie, I guess, because of the atmosphere and the scene when they're at Hogwarts. But anyway, that's that's what I play most recently, and my my review so far is positive. Actually, it really exceeds uh, you know what I was expecting from the game. So I'm gonna keep playing, and that way I can give some fairness to the game, and then I will tell you all about it in the episode. Also, I play another oof, <laughs> another game that I really talking about CGI, right? From movies almost from 20 years ago. But this is different. <laughs> the game that I'm going to tell you that I've been playing, it, it's... I don't want to tell you how much I love it because I really want to do an episode also as well. But it, it's one of those games that I can tell you, spoiler alert, that you can go and buy it right now and you will, you will be safe. If you uh, follow my, uh, you know, the podcast, the previous episodes, and you know that I like thematic games uh, and immersive games and epicness games, I guess... Um, so that's why I'm saying that this game that I'm going to mention, uh, that I'm going to mention right now, it is for you to save. It is, it is safe for you <laughs> to go right now and buy it and get a copy because you will enjoy it. Unless you have something against the, the games that they bring, uh, you know, app interaction to, 
towards them, right to the table. And I'm talking about Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth by Fantasy Flight Games. It has the similar mechanics of Manchester Madness um, as an Imperial Assault, now with um, with a new app mode that you can play completely cooperative or completely solo. And, you know, it has similar base mechanics as, as, as Manchester Madness. Uh, you're moving, you're exploring, you're fighting, and the app is guiding through everything. The app set up the narratives of the game. It, it, it also has some background music, and you are following missions with your favorite heroes, with your favorite characters from the novels from uh, Tolkien. And you can play, for example, like me, like, that I'm playing right now, Legolas and Aragorn, and you can explore the game according to the mission that the, uh, that the story is telling you on what to pursue or what to do. But also you can play um, with, um, uh, I think it's Frodo. I think, yeah, it's Frodo. Um, you can play also with Boromir. Or Gimli, I'm sorry, it's, you can play with Gimli. You can play with the main heroes of, of the novels, right? And they're very similar to the movies, right? Talking about the movies. And I actually, because I played the game, I started to watch the whole trilogy of The Lord of the Rings. And it's, it's fantastic, you know? It's, it's, just, it's just great. And I'm going to, then I wanna, once I finish, I'm going to rewatch The Hobbit in the way it can be more in the theme while I'm playing. I really need to do an episode about Lord of the Rings because... I know some of you have asked me previously on our so in our social media to to do an episode about it, and I promise you, I promise you, it's on my bucket list to do very soon. I've been playing Lord of the Rings Journeys on Middle Earth, and I've been having a blast. I also play another game that it was sent out to me by Mighty Board Games, uh, which I really appreciate, and I send a big, big hug, a virtual hug because of COVID. I guess, to all my friends from Mighty Boards. And I'm talking about Vengeance and Vengeance Director Cut with the expansion. It was a Kickstarter that it was released. Uh, I think it's sending to backers right now. It was a last year Kickstarter, I believe. And I've been playing it. I've been, you know, having fun. There's some stuff that I want to talk to you about, but... Um, you know, I've been having fun. I want to keep playing more with the Director's Cut expansion as well. In that way... You know, I can, I can when the when the episode comes, I can bring more fairness once again to the game. Um, there's some stuff that I like. There's some stuff that I don't like too much right now at this time. Even with uh, four playthroughs that I've been been doing right now, I'm playing, trying to play with all the characters, trying to play with expansions. In that way, I can give you a full review of the game. Uh, but it's basically, and I posted in Instagram. Uh, it's like if you like Kill Bill and if you love John Wick like I do amazing movies, then you will uh, have fun with this game because the theme is there. It's, it's like if you're a John Wick sort of character or a Kill Bill sort of character, you just go and try to get your vengeance from your from your enemies and try to go to different locations to find them to, to succeed in, in depends on the mission of your character, at least for the solo mode. Uh, and you're gonna be getting beaten, and you're gonna beat them too, and it's that's the theme of the game. And once I keep playing more and more and more, uh, you know, I will have a, a big, big and better picture uh, for the game. So there is, I've been playing Vengeance, Vengeance as well. Hughes and Cues, I also played Hughes and Cues. What a fun game, honestly. What a fun game. That game was also sent to me to the by the good, cool friends from the OP. What a fun game. Hughes and Cues is definitely a big recommendation that I'm going to give to you for this Christmas time. It's a fantastic party, family, friends game. 
Basically, and this one I can tell you all about it. Basically, how it works is that you're going to set up a board in the middle of the table with a bunch of colors, different colors and shades, right? Like you will have red and different shades of red and so on, yellow, green, and so on and so forth. And then in one side of the board, you will have numbers and in the other one, letters. So sort of like coordinates. Imagine like every, every color is in a small square and you will get coordinates for each particular color. So basically, the mechanic is that one player is going to be the cue giver or the clue giver, if you want to, if you're going to put it that way, and somebody is going to reveal that cue giver is going to reveal the top card of the deck. Now the card will have four different colors, that they will also say the coordinates of that particular color. So four colors with four particular coordinates. Then the cue, uh, the cue giver is going to choose one color. They're going to put the card face down, and they're going to say one word, one clue related to that color. Then in clockwise order, the players are going to start to put like a little crayon that is like a token that they get in the color or in the square that they think the cue giver is referring to. So it's going to go like that for one round. And then the cue giver, if he or she wants, once that round is completely, you know, passed and everybody has choose one color, if he or she wants, they can give another cue of the same color. And the purpose of this is for that for the cue giver, he wants more people to be closer to the color that he's giving the cue for. Because after everybody else puts the second crying or the second token on that color, then he's going to get a, a three by three square, kind of like, you know, like the limitations three by three square, and he will place it exactly in the middle of the color that he chose. Then every color or every token of every player that is inside that box will give the cue giver one point. But also, if you, as a, as a guessing player, as a cue player, I guess, if you want to call it, you, your crying or your token, it's inside that box, then you're also going to get two points. If you're outside but adjacent to that box, you're going to get one point. So it has a very interesting mechanic of timing where the cue giver wants to have more people inside to get more points, or probably if the cue giver has already an advantage of many points, probably it's not good for him to, you know, have too many people inside that that uh, square. The only thing is that you cannot lie about your, about your cue or your clue, right? For example, uh, if you're going to... If you're going to choose, I don't know, uh, blue, uh, you can say, for example, sky, right? In that way, that's a, a, a good clue. But if your color is blue, you cannot say, uh, 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 I don't know, tree, right? Like a Christmas tree or whatever, tree, uh, because that would be, of course, green. So you cannot lie about the clues or the cues, but at some point, yes, you want to give a second cue just to try to get everybody in the in the square, or probably you're good with one. So if that's the case, you will say one cue, it goes around and you will say, okay, that's fine. I'm comfortable with that. I don't want to give another cue. In that way, uh, not too many people goes inside the square and they don't get points. And probably, in that, if that's the case, you probably will have advantage by that time. Anyway, you're going to go like that, depending on the number of players, a different number of times around the table. And whoever has more points at the end of the game is the winner. It's a very easy, fun game. I love it because also it doesn't require any language. So for me, for example... I can play with my family or friends that they don't speak English, that they just speak Spanish like me, if that's the case. Or I can play with my friends that they speak English. Or even if, I don't know, if you have friends that, let's say you speak English, but you have friends that they speak German or, or any other language that they don't speak English, well, you can play this game. So it's fantastic. I love it when games, uh, you know, they broke the barrier of language and 
you know, they're approachable for everybody, but also they feel different. So Hughes and Cues was a big, big surprise for me that I played over Thanksgiving and I really liked it. I really recommend it for anybody, anybody that has, you know, the, the need of having some family games on their gaming library or some party games on their gaming library. Definitely a Hughes and Cues is a must have. Uh, and once again, it's 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 fantastic. It's a great game. The other game that I play that is proven that it's a it's a great game too, and that it was also uh, sent out to me for free from our friends from the OP, and it's a party game as well, a family game. It's Code Names Disney, and it has the same mechanics as any Code Names. Basically, you can form two teams, and one captain is going to be giving clues once again, like in Hughes and Hughes, one word, and the people, the other players will be trying to guessing. Uh, according to the clue, those uh, squares of characters, in this case Disney characters, and trying to guess them, uh, you know, in the way, sort of like the agents in the original um, code names, and whoever completes their, whoever uh, completes all the squares of the color, um, you know, before the other team is the winner. But if you choose one particular card that is the killer, in this case Disney is not the killer, is I guess you can you can name the 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 wrong card, <laughs> I guess, because it's more family, more kids, uh, you know, approachable. Um, then that team will lose the game. It's a great game. I mean, I have two versions of code names. I have the Simpsons one and I have the Disney ones. And actually, I mean, we were all grown-ups. We were playing and between you and I, we were having a couple of drinks. Uh, and we had fun with, with the Disney one. I mean, we were laughing. Uh, you know, it was very fun, very competitive. So definitely, if you are looking to get for these uh, uh, times, uh, you know, uh, party games for Christmas... Definitely code names is another great option from the OP. And they have different licenses. They have the Harry Potter one, they have the Disney one, they have the Simpson one, they have the original one. Um and and yeah, so you will have fun. And once again, once we do the episode about special games for Christmas, I will certainly recommend these two again. And we will talk about any other games, you know, that I feel like I should recommend to you for, for party games, for family games, and so on and so forth. Uh, what I've also been playing, Ultimate Night Werewolf. I mentioned to you in previous episodes, I played again and I had a blast. Um, Hughes and Cues. And also I played again, which I mentioned to you on the last episode, The Isle of Cats by Frank West. And is the same designer of the City of Kings. Nothing like the City of Kings. The Isle of Cats, of course, like I mentioned to you. You're trying uh, to go in an island, trying to rescue as much as cats as possible, group of families of cats, in that way they can give you victory points. But I call the Tetris board game of the of the year, I guess, uh, because it's basically like with the Tetris mechanic, you're trying to assemble all the cats in your boat and in uh, have them in in, in uh, family groups or groups of family. In that way, they can give you more points at the end of the game. I'm looking forward to do an episode about the Isle Cats, and that's why I'm not gonna tell you any more about the game, other than I'm playing it and I'm enjoying it. Anyway, now let's jump into today's episode. Let's look up the skies. Let's prepare our guns. You know, let's defend our planet, our country, our city. And let's talk about under falling skies. And like always, let's go with the first section of the show. Box and cover. All righty. So now we are in the box and cover section of the show. And we're going to talk about Under Falling Skies, designed by CGE or Satch Games Edition, and uh, designed by uh, Thomas Ollier, or Ullier, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Box and cover. The box is great. It's, great. it's like the size of a book, not too big. You know, this, this is... Actually, I like this kind of boxes, because they literally are like a, like a, like a thick, big book, 
uh, and they're very easy to to put them on any uh, kind of shelf. Even if you are, if you have those small shelves, for example, that you can find at Walmart and so on and so forth, um, they will fit there. If you have the classic Calyx from IKEA, they will fit there, so you won't have any problem. That's why I like this size of box. And then you have on the main cover, it's like a like a control base or something, and they are giving instructions to to some airships that they're gonna try to fight a big, big UFO, I guess the mothership that is releasing more small UFOs over there, and you're trying to defend. It seems like this guy, the captain, is like, go, shoot them, kill them, trying to defend our planet, of course. And then on the sides of the box, you have that is the one player, 12-year-old plus, 20 to 40 minutes under falling skies. Then on the back of the box, you get a list of the whole components that you're going to get inside the box. Also, a display of how the bo- how the mat and everything is going to look. And it gives you a very uh, quick introduction about the game. And it has a very nice, cute astronaut on the top corner that it says solo. That means solo. Now, the solo games like this, sometimes you can play sort of cooperative if you want, you know, with your significant other or with a friend and trying to make decisions together. But it's solo. <laughs> it's for you to enjoy by yourself. Aliens have arrived to conquer Earth. Enemy ships fill the skies. Humanity retreats to the underground bunkers across the globe, hoping to develop a weapon that will stop the invaders. Buy yourself time by shooting down enemy ships. Dig your base deeper to expand your capabilities. In this dedicated solo game, every action every action you take moves the enemy ships closer to the city you're trying to defend. Higher the roles give you more powerful action, but also make the ships descend faster. Use your roles wisely, and you might just be able to save your planet. That's what you get with Underfalling Skies. And now that I told you about the box and cover, let's jump and let's see. What do we find inside the box? But before we go there, let me tell you this. I'm going to be reviewing, another disclosure, I guess. I'm going to be reviewing for this episode the demo version. Why? Because this is a campaign game at the same time. And I don't want to give you any spoilers that will take away the enjoyment of discovering the campaign for you. So that's why we are reviewing the demo copy. I'm literally the one that I'm opening, that I'm reading from, that I'm going to be describing the components of. But I know for a fact, because I have the other copy, that you will get the same components, same things. It's just that um, for visual, if that makes sense, all the campaign comes blurry. In that way, um, if I take pictures or if I record a video about it, I don't spoil it. And also, if I'm doing a podcast, I don't do the mistake of reading from those styles and spoil you. So anyway, let's keep going. Let's see what is inside the box. Inside the box. All righty. So now we are in this section inside the box, the audio unboxing. And like always, I love to move the components around. In that way, in that way, you don't have to be watching anything. That's the cool thing. If you're running, if you're jogging, if you're in a bicycle, if you're doing exercise, if you're swimming, if you're doing whatever you're doing that you have your headphones on, or if you're driving, right? You're driving on your car, probably you're going from one town to another. Probably you are like me that I listen episodes when I'm going to work and when I'm driving back or picking up your kids or whatever. In that way... You don't have to be distracted watching a video and you can get the audio unboxing here with Solo BG Podcast. So let's open this big bad boy. Well, it's not that big, right? Because it's a small box, a small box but let's open this bad boy. The first thing that we're going to get, hey, the rule book. And it's, uh, let me see, 
It says, wait, this is a demo copy. We know that in the way we don't spoil anything. I know. You will get uh, uh, 15 double-sided colorful pages for the rulebook. Very nice. And uh, here it has a very cool narrative in that way you can start to get immersed in the game. We don't know what they are. We don't know where they came from. We don't know why they're attacking. All we know is that they are here. We must find a way to stop them. And time is running out. Under Falling Skies, of course, like I mentioned to you, it's a solo game of dice management and tough decisions. To win, you will need to defend your city and complete your research before the alien mothership destroy your base. We don't want that alien mothership destroying any base. What do you get inside the box? We get uh, some cool dice, wooden dice. I love wooden dice. We get uh, two white, three gray, two blue, some tokens, and a little rubber that you will be guiding through your city, you also get some acrylic, very nice touch, some acrylic um, uh, little UFOs, spaceships in different colors. You get some purple reddish one, an orange one, a single orange one, because he, you will hate him. Uh, you get three white ones, uh, I'm sorry, four white ones, or transparent ones, and you have two markers, one for the research marker, and the other one for your uh, energy, and you also have like a cube, red cube, acrylic, uh, you know, cube, <laughs> that it will help you to track the damage on your game. Then you will get all these different uh, tiles that you will be uh, setting up for the game. And you will get the mothership tile that it will describe to you the rounds and what's going on on each phase. Then you also have some tiles. Now, the tiles that I have this here right now for the cities that I have available on this demo copy, I, have, uh, I can play with Montreal if I want. And I can play sort of in an easy mode or moderate mode and a hard mode if I want to or once my um, once uh, my my city is destroyed also. I can play with Washington, D.C. And once again, each side that you choose, it has different abilities. I can play with Washington, D.C. I can play with New York, trying to defend New York, of course, because in the movies in Hollywood, everything happens in New York or in Washington. But then, but then... And listen to this. This makes me so happy and so proud. <laughs> then our friends from CGE decided to include Mexico City. You can um, defend Mexico City. And actually, it has a very nice touch because it seem, they have like what it seems the cathedral, the cathedral, I'm sorry, of Mexico City over there uh, on the Zócalo. So if you know anything about it or if you have been in Mexico, probably you know what I'm talking about. Um, but you can defend Mexico City. And I will read right now the ability of Mexico City because it's my it's my country. So I have to say it. You can, uh, whenever you place a die to move the ex excavator for spaces or less, move the excavator immediately. This costs no energy. Leave the die under the excavator until the room's face, which that's very important. I like that Mexico is powerful. Uh, and the other side is whenever you place a dice to move the excavator five spaces or less, move the excavator immediately the same. It doesn't cost you anything. You can play with Mexico City and also another city that I like that they include, of course, because if we're going to go with the theme, we had to go all in. You can play with Roswell, New Mexico. Um, you can play with one side, doesn't have an ability. The other side has when Roswell takes it at first point of damage, advance one space on the research track. It's sort of like, yes, you're killing me, but also I'm killing you. Uh, and that's it. I was going to say about the word, but I won't say it. Um, also, besides the tiles, you're going to have your different tableaus that you're going to be um, different board, I'm sorry, where you're going to have been doing your actions. The different tiles that you're going to be placing in that way, uh, you're going to, you can, it's sort of like a, imagine like a big uh, rectangle 
and it's, it represents the sky. And at the top, you're gonna put the mother, the mothership, and then from them, it's gonna be released, releasing little UFOs, and they're they're gonna be falling all the way down towards your board of your city. So you have those tiles also from the enemy, which they are cool. They come with some symbols. Depends on where the ship is landing, they will do different effects, like moving to the right, to moving to your left. Uh, uh, you know, advancing the mothership or places where you can shoot at them in the way you can destroy them. And also on those tiles, in one side, you it will have the research numbers that you need. And on the other side, different symbols that if the mothership lands there, well, those are consequences that you had to suffer. It also includes a, a nice um, sheet where you're going to be writing stuff during your campaign. And is right now for the, for the demo copy, it has one sort of like a campaign um, chapter and he has a, some story some, some uh, cool I'm sorry backstory in a way of a comic so you're for example on this one once again I'm not giving you too much spoil but um, it's like a helicopter is, is flying around New York City you can see the mothership and then it's, it's some anchor on the news it says she says, I never seen anything like it. Uh, and then breaking news, UFO above New York City. Samantha Ligran on the scene, which is this anchor. And then the mothership shoots at the Statue of Liberty. Does this sound familiar? Uh, many movies from Hollywood. And is destroying it. And then people are running away from those little uh, bastards, the small UFO ships. And then some, of course, uh, U.S. Air Forces flying towards that uh, mothership, and you see like a kind of a colonel there or a, or a captain saying, thinking, I have, that's it. And then you go in in the chapter one, which I will I would read a little bit once we play on the mechanics, but the first chapter in the invasion, uh, it also tells you that you can play with uh, Montreal if you want. It gives you a description, a description of the base tile that you're going to be uh, playing with, the, uh, any additional components that we'll bring into the game, uh, and so on and so forth. Then you have many, many more tiles. Once again, this is a demo copy, and many other uh, campaign books that you're going to be uh, revealing as you play Under Falling uh, Skies. So that's what you get inside, inside the box. So now that I told you what do we find inside the box, let's jump and see and very briefly talk about how the game plays in our next section. Gameplay! Are you looking for that Kickstarter game that you missed during the Kickstarter campaign? Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals. Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com. There you will find Kickstarter board games, expansions, Kickstarter exclusive content, graphic novels, RPG novels, toys and collectibles, and much more. Kickstarter Games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that I want to have on my gaming collection. Plus, they offer free shipping in the US when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right, use the code SOLOBG altogether and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games. Alrighty, so basically, 
basically on on any turn of the game you're going to do uh you're going to play the game over three phases and it's very simple you're going to have your tiles right first you're going to have your city imagine this you're going to have your city tile with your, your ability then on top of that tile you will have another tiles where you're going to be describing sort of your investigation or for research of what's going on with these aliens uh, uh you know where you can increase your energy you can increase your um, your knowledge about them in the in the research track and at the same time you can kind of delay them in other places where you can shoot them so that's the kind of, sort of like your base right with your city and then at top, on top of that you will have different tiles that they will keep going up towards the mothership and those tiles will have the different symbols that I described to you on the pre on the previous um, you know section of the show so basically where uh, each ufo will land and will do different things anyway so how the how the game works first you're gonna roll your five dice you're gonna get five dice that you're gonna start with and you're gonna roll now you're gonna place a dice on different things on your base once again for example if a place on your base gives you energy and you place a number three over there you will increase your energy by three um if you uh you know if you want to shoot and you put a uh, dice with a number six, then you're gonna uh, be able to kill every um, every little UFO that is on a number six or less explosion site on the tiles. Uh, if you uh, if you do it and you place um, a, a tile on uh, another on the top spaces of your I'm sorry a die on the top, on your top space of your tile, you can kind of delay or move back some of the UFOs, but those are always subtracted by one. Anyway, if you roll, uh, if the white die, if a white die from, because from the ones that you're rolling, you're rolling some grays and some whites. So if you roll, for example, um, if you roll your five dice, three gray and two whites, but you place one white, then you have to re-roll on the unplace it. So that's a very nice, possibly way of like, okay, if even if I had a bad roll, do do it's better probably if I place the die one of the, one of the white dice first. In that way, I can re-roll the other ones. If you place a gray one, you don't re-roll the other ones. Now, if you uh, if you have very good numbers, then probably you want to place the gray ones before the white ones. In that way, you don't re-roll the dice and you don't get you know the chance of getting worse uh, worse results. And after you do all that and you decide that possibly part, you will place the die in a different column once again. Uh, the columns will have different symbols, and if you place a three energy to gain three energy, at the same time on that column, a small UFO is going to be moving forward, moving down towards the spaceship, so towards your base, I'm sorry. So there you can see that it's very important also to play with that possibly a strategy of being like, yeah, well, I need energy, but at the same time, if you place a six there, you're going to bring a UFO way more closer to your base, and it will get it will damage you basically, or it will have more chances of damaging you. So that's where you're gonna be playing with the puzzling part of the game. Then you're gonna start with the room phase, which is the second one. For each room you use, you will spend energy, and it will tell you uh, how many energy each room requires. Uh, you're gonna resolve the effect either shooting or moving the ships, the UFOs back uh, towards the motor, motor ship, or getting a uh, resource energy, like I told you. Uh, you will remove the worker dice because the dice are sort of like a worker. It's like a worker placement dice management thing. And you're going to decrease uh, if you have any robots, which that's another another mechanic of the game that you will discover as you are going moving forward in the campaign because there are some dice that they will act as robots that you will place them and then each turn you can use them, but the number will be decreasing in that way. At some point, they will be exhausted. Uh, you will be also resolving these on this phase. And any unused worker dies, well, that's the time that you remove them. And then, finally, on the third phase of the game, 
the mothership will start to do he uh, her bad things to us, uh, and it's the mothership phase, and it will be move the mothership. The mothership gets decreased towards the base by one space, uh, and then uh, we will resolve any action that the mothership it's uh, parallel on that symbol. So some of those actions will be going back on your research track. Uh, some of those actions will be bringing another little UFO. Some of those actions could be uh, move the rover back, and I will talk about the rover in a little bit, and things like that. And um, you will respond ships. If there's any space open on the mothership, you will respond ships, and then we'll have a certain order, like the purple, reddish, before the white, and uh, drop points with the most empty spaces between them. In that way, you can have more those little bastards, small UFOs attacking you at a time. Now, how the rover works, and that's another that's another mechanic that we talk, you know, during um, during the beginning when we're talking about the abilities from Mexico City, for example. So the rover will also move according to the number of one die down on your base. So picture that your base um, is like sort of like if you're going lower lower levels on your base but as far as you go in level low in the lower levels on your base you're discovering um way um, better ways to attack the enemies better ways to improve your energy better ways to improve your resources so you will use one die you know to you're going to spend one die and you're going to advance the rover that amount of spaces and you always use one energy that's why uh, on the on the ability from Mexico, you will you were able to uh, move that rover without spending any any energy, and the farthest away you go with the rover, or the down the down the more down that you get with the rover, better abilities that you will have in order to try to destroy the UFOs and ultimately well win the game or destroy, um, you know in that way they don't destroy you. And that's basically it. I mean, the rover mechanic adds another different fact to the game that you want to play with because, like I said, you want to get, um, you know, better better abilities in that way you can, well, destroy or win the game, basically, and survive and uh, rescue, rescue your city because that's ultimately what you want. Now, how do you win the game? You have a research track. On the side, right? So one thing is to survive. But you have a research track on the side. Now, you also going to start to advance on that research track after you do everything else, all right? After you do different actions. For example, in the action of research that you have on your base. Let's say that on your research uh, points on your base, you have a 2 and a 4. That's a 6 in total. Now, with that 6, you will have numbers on the research track that you're which is the same tile that the enemies are going through. So let's say on your research track it says uh, three, the next the next spot, right? It says three, two, um, and three, right? So since you're spending six, uh, two and a uh, two and a four dice, since you're spending a, a number of six, then you can advance the three. You can advance the one because that's four. But then since it's an a three after that one, you won't be able to advance any further. So that's how you're gonna be advancing, also on the research track by placing that dice on your base that they will trigger that action. If you're able to get all the way to the top of the research track, that means that you found the weak spot of the mothership and you were able to destroy the aliens for now. But if at some point you damage track, you get to zero, which basically means that every time a little UFO 
falls into the city, cause one damage. If that goes to zero, well, you lose the game. And that's basically very briefly how we place once again on the chapter one, which is the invasion. Now, every chapter that you're going to be playing on the campaign will be adding different stuff, different tiles. We will bring some characters, different abilities that you will be able to enjoy with the game. For example, the chapter one, the invasion, uh, you know, it says that you will add uh, uh, orange, uh, orange UFO ship and six number tokens. Then uh, you will add rooms with two effects, which once again, it just trigger different abilities. In this one, you have the robots, once again, that they will be extra dice that you're going to roll and then you're going to place them and they will be uh, getting uh, decreasing by, uh, by each turn until they get exhausted. And once you finish that... Um, that at this scenario, which is the invasion, then you're going to move forward on the campaign. But just to give you an idea, right, like how uh, as you keep progressing, more stuff are going to keep, you know, coming into the game, different different components, different story, different abilities, different events, and things like that. So I this is basically how you play, how you play Under Falling Skies. And now that we talk about how it plays, let's go into my favorite section of the shows where I tell you if I'd rather play this game solo or solo because I don't have any other option. And what do I think about the game if I recommend this game to you or if this is a pass for me and then, well, I don't know if, if you will get it or not. Anyway, let's see. What do I think about the game? Solo or what do I think about the game? Okay, so now we are in my favorite section because here I can speak freely, <laughs> I guess, and I can tell you after describing the components, the bugs, the gameplay, all the stuff, if I can tell you, um, where I can tell you, I'm sorry, if, if this is a game that I will keep, if this is a game that I recommend for you, what did I like about the game, Why I what I didn't like about the game, and so on and so forth. Once again, big disclosure, this game was completely sent for free to me uh, from my friends from CGE, and I'm very thankful for that, and I was able to play the demo copy and the uh, full version, full retail version of the game. Let's start with the pros. The pros of the game, it has a lot to offer. It does. It does have a lot to offer, and it has replayability, which is the big point, and the first one, because the replayability plays very well in this game with the theme, because you have the campaign, you have different cities that you can play with that adds uh, different replayability because each city will have different abilities, uh, which that's cool. I, I wouldn't really hate it if it was only like, you know, different names on the city and that was it, no adding anything else. I think it's very cool that each city has their own abilities. Um, so that's that's great. And as you keep progressing on the, on the campaign, you will get more stuff. So the replayability is there. Um, the campaign mode, I really I really enjoy uh, games that they offer campaign modes. This game offers a campaign mode and it's nothing impossible to accomplish. Uh, this game will take you a few plays, but after that you will be able to finish the campaign. But guess what? If you want to play it again, probably you won't have that feeling of discovering, but you can try with other cities in that way. You you kind of manipulate, manipulate the game and in that way you add more replayability. So the campaign aspect is there. Um, what else, what else, what another pro, the, the components, I, I do like the components, I do like the tiles, I didn't tell you about some characters that you're going to be getting, at least on this demo version that I can talk to you, uh, with Samantha, with the reporter, and Jackson Moss, the colonel, and different abilities that they do, for example, the colonel increased the two worker pl dice placed by, 
uh, increase, increase two workers die placed or unplaced by one. And the uh, reporter advanced one space on the research track as long as its value is three or less. And they can get exhausted, different different sides, so that's very cool. And also you have different tiles where they add more and more story to the to the scenario. Uh, it will give you a setup. It's called reinforcement. It will give you a setup, a change of rules uh, with the tokens for this one, the invasion. And it has like a little very nice, cool uh, comic art on the other side. Like one pilot is like one down and he's like shooting at the at the UFO and he has a raider cut to sort of like a Independence Day movie with Bruce Willis and a raider with all the other UFOs. And he says then 1,285 to go, but one is dead, right? That's cool. And then in another base on the Earth is help and some of the military guys are shooting at the UFOs and help is still on the way. So very cool, very thematic, and and that's that's cool. Now the the third theme that I like, also a good point, is the theme. The theme is there. Actually, these remind me a lot of the uh, basically the, it's like an Independence Day uh, movie board game. That's what the, the way I see it. So if you enjoyed Independence Day, remember from the nineties, uh, and and Bruce Willis, very cool. If you enjoy that movie, even if I think it's super patriotic. Um, if you enjoy that movie, uh, you will definitely, definitely, uh, the theme will, will be something that you will like from the game. Is there, right? Um, that's that's an, another another pro. The theme I like it, and the components, the art. That's another pro. I do like the pro, uh, the art, and it's great. Um, and and that's that that always helps, right? When we have good art, when it looks nice on the table, it's great. That's another that's another pro. Um, and the mechanics uh, at the same time, I like them. But it will, it will um, also, uh, you know, the mechanics, they're cool, they're nice, and it's something different with the dice management and trying to place, place the dice and be able to determine if the, the UFO falls or not. And, and those are the, the, you know, the pros that I think about the game. I think in general, the game offers good things. I was trying to, you know, uh, find cons for the game. Well, probably one of the ones is that as you keep progressing on the campaign, you will see that there's some, basically some episodes or chapters, which it won't add that much. And it's just, you know, playing the game and keep playing the game. And and, and that's where, where also the mechanics can, at least for me, feel a little bit repetitive. Because it's always kind of the same possibly game. Even, even, even if the game has a campaign mode, it feels that you're doing the same over and over and over, which, of course, you know, it's 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 hard. I mean, I I don't know which game it will be like. Okay, you're playing with these mechanics, and then you play the next uh, episode and completely different mechanics. No, of course not. I mean, the mechanics feel the same. It's just that some of the episodes they don't add too much, and it's just you know keep playing the same, just different uh, flavor text, I guess, if you want to call it. That would be my only con. Other than that, I mean, the game for what it is, it's small game. Uh, solitaire game it's 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 great it's 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 fun uh, i did liked it um i did have fun i can play it again no no problem at all and also another thing is that i feel like timing wise it was hard because not too long ago we reviewed warp's edge right from renegade games studios and i i told you at the beginning of the episode that i was going to mention it why because i feel like they came so close to each other that at the same time, I feel like, I don't know how how good that was for both games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if Warp's Edge would have come out, let's say, this year, and then 
um, the first quarter of next year, you get under falling skies, oof, I would be like, no comparison at all. No comparison at all. Um, but because they came too close, and they both are small games, they both are solitary games, they both have that theme, even if the other one, you're in space, and you know, you're you already lost in space, and you're trying to, more like a Star Wars, Star Fox um, kind of atmosphere, is the same sci-fi, spaceships, you know, it's similar, right? And so, Playing those two together, almost like side by side, I don't know how beneficial it was for for both of them, and 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 that's another fact to consider it because they play very very different. Of course, Warp's Edge is more like token management, and you're drawing from a from a token bag, and you're doing different action when you draw tokens, and you're also trying to kill different enemies. That if you don't kill them, they do damage. And in this one, it's completely different. You have the dice playments where you work, you place them, you do cool things, but at the same time, the USFO go uh, closer to your base to destroy you so the mechanics are completely different but i don't know how harmful or beneficial was for both of them or if it really doesn't matter that they came at the same time at least for me at least for me i would i would have preferred you know to discover them like at least six months apart from each other um because also i i, I don't know i don't want for this team to fall into the same thing that was at the, still at the beginning of this year that everything was everything was dinosaurs, everything dinosaurs, everything dinosaurs, and at least for me, I got a little bit tired of it. But you know, I mean, it's 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 just a, an observation that I want to throw it out there. Going into ratings, going into ratings for Under Falling Skies, the ratings. If you want, let's go to our mecha, which is Board Game Geek, and let's see, let's see there what are they saying about Under Falling Skies, the rating that are giving, and then I will tell you what I think in that way we can compare, right? So I'm going right now to the Board Game Geek website, and Under Falling Skies, it has a 7.8, actually, which is similar to what I'm going to tell you. Um, the, uh, for Under Falling Skies, it was a game for uh, 2020. One, to play, one player, age 12 year plus, 20 to 40 minutes, weight 2.44 out of 5. Okay, that's what the Board Game Geek says. Me, going from 0 to 5 once again, which 5 is a game you love it and you can play it every time, and 0, it's a game that you hate it and you want to burn it, for me, Under Falling Skies falls in the category of a solid four. And that puts Under Falling Skies in a must-have for Solo BG Podcast, which we are in a row because actually the last three episodes, we've been talking about games that I have given four, uh, you know, as, as a score, and that those are, we they have to be, in my opinion, in any solitary gaming library. Now, Under Falling Skies... Good things that it has is also the price. It's very accessible. It's a small game that it won't hurt that much, and you can have it on your gaming library, bring it once in a while, and play it. The dice mechanic, I did like it a lot. The dice, ma- dice management placement, the puzzle part. And usually, usually, I don't enjoy puzzle games. But this one felt different, probably because of the theme. Uh, could be. But I really, really enjoyed that mechanic. Um, the whole campaign, I like when. Games have campaign mode, but also that they are approachable and finish, uh, finishable. I guess if that's a word, in a you know common sense manner way. Right now, with our times where we get more and more and more and more and more games, right? I don't want to have something. Well, I do enjoy, like for example, Gloomhaven, but nothing infinite like that. It won't that I will never be able to finish, right? I I like when I can finish campaigns actually, which for me is hard because to be honest with you. 
I mean, I keep getting more games, thank you to the amazing publishers, and also I've been buying more games, and, and it's hard. It's hard because you get a new game and you want to bring it to the table, and then you are in the middle of a campaign and you stop that campaign because now you're playing this game, and I'm pretty sure that has happened to you in the past. So um, with that being said, uh, Under Falling Skies for me, it's a solid four. I highly recommend it. You won't regret. Um, it's, it's, it's a game that you should keep if you're a, a, solo, a solo gamer. Um, I mentioned also that some solitary games you can play cooperative. For example, Hostage Negotiator. I have played it with my wife and we have enjoyed it. Even Warp's Edge at the same time, you can play it like sort of cooperative and ask for, for advice. For this one, Under Falling Skies, I think it's a hugely, hugely, hugely solo just because the puzzly um, uh, decisions that you're doing, um, you know, it's. I think it's it's perfect. For, it's a perfect solo game. Um uh, of course, we have. I'm, I'm giving it a four, and I'm, I'm giving other games. I don't know. For example, Robinson Crusoe. I will give it a four point five when I review it. I'm giving you a spoiler already, but I mean, it's it's not the same. It's completely different. I mean, we had to go into the fact that I'm uh, basing my review on Under Falling Skies for what it is: a small game, very approachable, uh, with some complexity because of the dice management decision and the puzzling part. And, and it's a game that is enjoyable for what it is. So in that category of small games, such as Warp's Edge, Under Falling Sky, Hostage Negotiator, uh, the upcoming Final Girl from Band Rider Games, I mean, those small games categories, I think Under Falling Skies is at that level of four, right in that category, uh, where, where it's it's a must-have, where you should get it, you should play it, and you have time. I just wanted to throw it out there, Claire, because it's not the same, for example, and it wouldn't be fair if I told you Cthulhu may, uh, Dead May Die. Oh, that's a, a 3.8, right? Let's say. Um, it's, that's not what I'm reviewing. Then you will think, like, well, okay, okay, what's wrong there? I mean, this game is, is fantastic, but it's, it's a huge, but you're giving 3.8? Yes, because that game is in a different category, at least in my mind, or my, my um, uh, perception. It's another category, because... You're talking about a bigger game. You're talking about a full game. You're having a, uh, a game that it could be multiplayer, you know, versus a game that it's fully solo, a small game, you know, what I, what the, the things that I told you. Anyway, this was our review of Under Falling Skies. Like I said, I have big things coming on for the podcast. Thanks to all of you amazing listeners. We have our lists that are coming towards the end of the year. Uh, we have our, our Christmas special and things like that. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, go and check them out. And once again, the best way to support the show, it's also by uh, typing your review if you're listening through iTunes or, uh, you know, come uh, typing any review if you can in any anywhere you listen through the podcast. And if that's not possible, well, shoot me a comment on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter in that way. Uh, that that's a great way to support the show and I really appreciate it and that's what kept me going and thank you so much and like always remember for victory go tell your friends till next time see you through the speaker and at the tabletop